home warranties. You buy a home, typically the first year, a home warranty is put in place by the seller of the home. It kind of helps incentivize you that nothing's going to go wrong in the house. At the end of that year, you start to question, should I keep my home warranty? Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on today's episode, we want to talk about home warranties. Yes, I am excited to talk about this. This came up, as you guys know, uh, we are creating a course on finances, our Getting Money Right course. And we're taking a group of five families through and somebody asked the question, uh, hey, should I get a home warranty? And that you know, put Leo and I into about a 10 to 15 minute just conversation around it. It was super fun. And I thought we need to bring this to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so uh, home warranties, you buy a home. Typically, the first year, a home warranty is put in place by the seller of the home. It kind of helps incentivize you that nothing's going to go wrong in the house. At the end of that year, you start to question, should I keep my home warranty? Home warranties cover things like your appliances and your plumbing, things that your typical homeowner's insurance wouldn't cover. And so it's a question, hey, am I, am I making a bad decision mm-hmm. if I don't keep this thing going? Right. Or let's say you're just in the market and you're looking and you're thinking, hey, maybe I should pick one of these up. I like to zoom out a little bit when I think of home warranties and look at the insurance industry as a whole. Now, I used to actually work uh, in the property and casualty insurance industry, not as a seller, not for an insurance company, but for a third party company that would investigate different things in the industry. And uh, I thought it was really interesting. Property and casualty, that's your home and your auto. The profit margin in the industry as a whole is about 2.7%. That's lower than I thought. That's very low. Yeah, it is. Uh, That means that they are not gouging you when they sell you insurance. Now, Mm -hmm. I say that. doesn't mean that every insurance company is perfect. doesn't mean that everything is handled right. All sorts of things. But an average, they're not not making, you know, 20% on every purchase. Mm -hmm. Let's say you buy $100 of insurance. They didn't... They've only... They won't, they, they ended up spending $98 basically to insure you for that $100, whatever it is. Yeah. They're only making two bucks per 100. Yeah. Uh, that's very low. Uh, that's like grocery stores have a low profit margin. Mm-hmm. It's like that low. Now, the way that insurance companies do make their money overall is they get premiums from thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say your homeowner's insurance is $1,000 a year. They get that $1,000 from a couple hundred thousand people. And now they have a giant bank of money that they're able to go invest that pool of money while they slowly pay out claims as they come up. And so they actually make more money on the investment side than they do even on selling insurance. I'm not saying that makes insurance a perfect product, but when you need to transfer risk, property and casualty is a fairly cost-effective way to do that. Mm-hmm. So 2.7% profit margin for property and casualty insurance. You go up to life insurance and their average profitability is about 9.6%. So five times as much profit margin built into the life insurance industry as into the property and casualty industry. Now, let's come over to the home warranty uh, profit margins. 
home warranty profit margins. And I read this, I went and did a bunch of research. I read industry, um, industry books, you know, people that are looking at home warranty companies on the high, high end of mergers and acquisitions, hedge funds that want to buy home warranty companies and determine how much profit margin is built in. Right. Uh, in these books and from what I could find, they have at least a 20% profit margin. So double even life insurance, which yeah. is significantly higher than casualty and property. Yes, which means they make a lot of money when they sell you a product. That means there's a lot of profit built into the transaction. Mm -hmm. Now, this is from what I could find in industry standard books. Uh, I, I don't want to now say that this other person is right or wrong, but I also have found Dave Ramsey will say that it's somewhere between 50 to 85% profit margin mm. is built in to these home warranty companies. Now that's a big swing. So I'm giving you both sets of data, what I could find in these insurance industry journals and mergers and acquisition documents, you know, at least a 20%. Dave is saying there's 50 to 85% built in. All that matters there is just to show you when you buy a home warranty, at least 20% is just straight profit. That's right. Uh, so, so then the question is, well, why would I transfer my risk to somebody else and pay them a 20% profit mm -hmm. instead of just self-insuring, meaning I take all the money that I would pay for a home warranty and I put it into an emergency fund just for the house. Right. It would be a home emergency fund. It wouldn't be your typical emergency fund. Yeah. And that's actually what Consumer Reports recommends that you do. Now, Consumer Reports, uh, you know, they've, they do huge amounts of research. Yeah. And when they looked at this whole industry, they said, look, your best bet is just to take all the money you would spend on a home warranty and put it in the bank, set aside just for home expenses. Now, if you've been listening to Leo and I for a long time, you should know that you would put that into the, your annual budget tool or yearly budget tool. And you should have an amount that just grows month over month, set aside for housing expenses. This would be your medium term savings. Yeah. Well, let me add something here. I think the, the challenge for many people is, especially if they're just starting to budget or you don't have a fully funded emergency fund, you're thinking, well, what if something like my air conditioning unit or heating unit goes bad? Mm -hmm. Doesn't it make more sense rather than having to come up with five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 for yeah. a new unit to have a $1,000 home warranty uh, or whatever it is these days. I don't even know what it costs because I haven't gotten one for so long. But ultimately, it's, it's a considerable less cost to get the warranty mm -hmm. that you think is going to pay for this potentially much, much larger expensive replacement. Yeah. However, understand that this is one of the things they have to understand about these type of home warranties is that they're not 100% going to cover you. In fact, that's what makes them probably less beneficial. If you think about a life insurance company, if you have a life insurance policy and somebody passes away, they pay. There's no negotiation. There's no, well, did he really die? No, it's yes, somebody's passed away. It's very clear you're going to get a benefit. If you have a hailstorm on your house and you have property insurance, they're going to cover it. And yes, they might want to do partial repair or whatever, but for the most part, if you choose a good company, they're going to replace the whole thing. They have a reputation to uphold. And it's built into their cost that somebody, you know, they're going to have to pay some claims. They understand mm -hmm. that. Warranty companies, the reason they have the high 20% or more, and why even Dave Ramsey says that it could be as high as 85%, is because their hope is that you won't use them. Or that it'll be such a hassle to use them that they'll, you'll choose not to. 
Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, that's been my personal experience that people who, uh, well, I've had several of them when I bought a house, it just came with a, with a deal, right? My, my realtor said, Hey, do you want a homeowner's warranty? And I'm like, I'm, I don't want to pay for it. It's like, no, no, no. We'll have the seller pay for it. I'm like, I don't care. Right. Right. Never used it up until this last house I bought. I had it. It was built into the cost of the closing, which I didn't pay for. And then when I closed, uh, couple months later, three months later, whatever it was, our air conditioning uh, literally was like screeching. The bearing inside the compressor just completely failed. So it was a complete replacement. They didn't replace it. Mm-hmm. They didn't even want to deal with it. I went to several contractors and said, no, we, we won't do work for, for warranty companies. Wow. You know? And so I ended up paying for it out of pocket. It was nearly $6,000. Now, fortunately... And you had a warranty. We, That's hilarious. Yeah, and I had a warranty, and I still couldn't get them to pay for it. So anyway, I'm kind of di- digging in a little deeper than, than we're ready to. I, I realize that. But my point is there is a cost to it, and we have to consider that when you're going to buy something, what David and I have consistently said is you can't just have your emergency fund because that's really not built to replace your air conditioning unit, your refrigerator five years from now, your, you know, whatever it is in your home that needs to be replaced. You can't have everything run forever. And the warranty companies kind of play on that, that you're going to be able to never have a cost related to your house if you buy this one insurance policy. And unfortunately, it's really not that. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this is what's really interesting. So start on the micro level or on the macro level to show you there's a lot more profit margin built in to these policies. Uh, now let's go to that micro level, this personal, like what actually happens when you have one of these. And this is what's interesting. You said people think that they will be covered. That's the major complaint with the Better Business Bureau, with reviews on you know any review side of these companies. It's what people think they're getting when they purchase versus what they're actually getting when they purchase. Mm-hmm. And there is a major difference. Sure. So what will happen a lot of times is you will think, okay, if my AC goes out and a normal contractor comes out and says the whole thing needs to be replaced, you would think that the home warranty would then pay for the replacement. Right. That's what you think is going to happen. But in reality, you don't get to choose the contractor. The home warranty gets to choose the contractor. Now, this is really interesting. Just right off the bat. In this industry, the home warranty companies pay very little money Mm -hmm. uh, to these That's how they make their 20 plus percent. Right, that's how they get their percent. So that means that if you're a really good contractor, you're great at HVAC, you're great at plumbing, you're great at fixing appliances, you probably are doing so well in your business that you don't want to mess with these home warranty companies. Mm -hmm. The good contractors are making enough money on their own where they don't have to go to these very low-paying clients and try to scrape and claw to get every dollar. That's right. That means, not all the time, I'm not putting this on everybody, but that means that oftentimes the contractors that work for these home warranty companies are the lower 50% of contractors in the industry. And they are getting nickel and dimed by the home warranty company. Mm-hmm. So when they come to your house, they're going to nickel and dime you. Right. I got a home warranty with my home. When I purchased it, the seller added it in as a benefit. I didn't know much about it. Our hot water heater went out. 
this was amazing to me. Our, you know, and I don't know what a hot water heater costs. Uh, Leo, you and I talked about it at the time. You said, David, you should have just called me. We could have gone to Home Depot, picked up a hot water heater for... $450, right. whatever it was. And we then. could have installed it for, <laughs> yeah. for, for free at that point. You know, yeah. that's labor. Now, I have Leo, who's a friend, who would have helped me with that. But, but you know, we could have out-of-pocket spent less than 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. I had the home warranty in place. Yeah. The guy comes out, and the first thing he does is he says, hey, this isn't covered because... The home warranty company, they get to choose whether or not something is covered. Mm -hmm. And they can say that it had too much wear and tear. And they can say, no, this has too much wear and tear. It's not covered. That that blows my mind because you think you're buying insurance for if something goes out due to wear and tear. You think one thing, you get something else. They can also say... This hasn't been maintained properly. Yep. You didn't maintain it every year, therefore we're not going to cover it. They could also say this wasn't installed properly because you had improper installation. We're not going to cover it. So right off the bat, I had to argue with, I had to call the company and say, no, uh, this is an improper wear and tear. This thing just failed. You need to cover it. Eventually, I was able to argue with the company where they said, okay, well, we'll, we'll pay for the parts. Uh, and I was like, no, you need to pay for the whole unit. And so eventually they came to the place where they said, okay, we'll pay for the whole unit. And, and you just said something that's really important. This is the experience that 99% of these uh, policyholders have, right. is that they have to bicker and argue until they finally get more than what they're initially right. uh, given, right? And that, that's, that's the hassle I don't want to deal with. So then the, the company, the home warranty company says, okay, okay, fine. We'll go ahead and cover the replacement cost of the unit, but... The contractors out there, and they say we're not going to pay for the installation cost. We're not going to pay for the removal of the garbage. We're not going to pay for the. Well, you have to. You have a copay anytime you use. You call a contractor out, so you have to copay, which I think is seventy five dollars. Um, so when I added it up, and this was hilarious, the installation plus the copay plus this was a real argument I had with the actual contractor, which is again why I think too often these people are in the bottom 50% of the contracting business. He demanded that he be the one to take away the hot water heater and dispose of it. And he said, and you have to pay me $150 in order for me to remove, to, to, to haul away. Now I said, I said, no, my city will actually take this. I have, I looked it up online. I can easily drop it off at the local city bank where they take this. You can actually put it on the curb. I've done that. In Keller, right, where I live, you can actually put it on the curb. So I didn't need him to do that at all. And I told him that too. So I said, I'm not paying you. I won't do that. And he said, fine, I'll walk away from this job. Because because the company nickel and dimes him, Mm -hmm. he had to nickel and dime me and make up ridiculous fees to haul away garbage that literally the city does for me. I pay the city for that. He had to, he said, I won't do this work for you. I'll leave the job right now. And then I've got to start the whole process over with another contractor. I've got to wait for the the home warranty company to send somebody out. I ended up paying out of pocket. I don't remember the exact number. It was somewhere between $600 and $800, which is what I would have paid. Or if I had gone and done it myself, it would have been like 500 bucks. And if I had paid a reputable contractor, it probably would have been $800. I ended up paying out of pocket almost the exact same, but that was after three phone calls with the home warranty company. And with an actual warranty in place. And with an actual warranty (laughs) in place. And with the back and forth with this contractor. 
I ended up paying the same amount when it, in my mind, I thought it should have been free or I thought I should have paid the $75 copay and that was my only payment. Right. That's what I thought I was getting. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I got something very different. And that was my one experience. Leo's had one experience that his wasn't good. When you go online and you search these things, you will find experience after experience that isn't good. That doesn't mean that everybody has a bad experience. So I don't want to say it's always bad. And I don't want to say that these are a ripoff. What I do want to say is that you are paying them a high profit margin for something that most of the time you're transferring, you think you're transferring the risk to them. A lot of times you still carry a lot more of the risk than you would think. And you're going to end up having a better deal if you save money to the side every month like you should be doing anyway Mm -hmm. and take any money you would pay for a home warranty and put it in a savings account. That's your best bet. Now, when you look at how much you should be setting aside per month in general, you should be setting aside around 1% a year of your total home value. So if you have a $200,000 home, you should be putting aside about two thousand mm-hmm. dollars for you know hot this water is just heaters, for basic maintenance. Basic maintenance, right? and you're not going to have those expenses every single year. You're right. not going to have a water heater go bad every year. But if you do that, at the minimum, the one percent. And the other way to do it, because I think one of the things you have to consider is, especially if you're buying an older home. When we moved into this house eleven plus years ago, we recognized that the air conditioning and heating unit were literally 27 years old Mm -hmm. because the house was that old and it was the original unit. And you could tell from just the way it looked, it was, it was a, you know, dinosaur. And we knew the first expense we're going to have that's going to be significant will be that. Mm -hmm. So we had the money to do it. Uh, And again, we had a warranty, but I honestly just chose not to go that direction. After, after having the guy come out, tell me what was wrong with it. And the fact that it wasn't going to be covered, I knew it was going to be a hassle. Mm -hmm. I, I understood it. I'm not a big fan of warranty, whether it's for cars, for other products. I'd rather buy a product. So here's the thing. If a warranty is being offered for a product beyond the original one, two, three, five years, whatever the warranty is, it's because that is not a high-quality product, all right? And and you're, you know you're buying cheaper because you're not paying the premium for the best tool or the best whatever you're buying, right? Mm-hmm. And so you should understand that. And if you want to buy additional to have it, you have to read the fine print. I find it very interesting that some of the major companies like Allstate, AAA, Farmers, Liberty Mutual, they don't offer these kind of policies. Mm -mm. Why? Because they don't want to be known as the company that nickel and dimes you. They they have to keep their reputation of being a dependable company that you continue to do business with. A lot of people who stay with a company for a long time is because that's what they believe about the company. And they've not been proven wrong. So why would a reputable company take on? They don't. So that's why you see these other companies that are, I don't even know if they're insurance companies, to be honest with you, obviously. What they provide, in my opinion, is is less than what they promise. There's a commercial out right now in our market for an automotive warranty. And they got people on there. And I'm a, I'm a car guy. So when I hear this stuff, it's like, yeah, anyway. So basically they have this woman going on there. They saved me $8,000 on my transmission. I'm like, lady, there is no $8,000 transmission unless you're driving a NASCAR race vehicle. <laughs> like they cost maybe three to 4000 brand new, 8000 And it just tells you that even the people who are making the commercial have no idea what the real cost is. But they're making it sound like this will be the answer. Well, you'll never have to worry about getting stuck or, or having to pay thousands of dollars to fix a car. They're trying to sell you something, but it's really not true. Mm-hmm. And and you got to be very, very leery. 
I would say at least read the fine print before you sign on anything because you're going to find a lot of exclusions. I think David wants to cover some of those. Right. That's what I was shocked by was all the exclusions. And and you don't really understand it up front because on the website, it shows what is included. Right. <laughs> and and so like I, I pulled up one example and this is straight from from their actual paperwork on the back end, the coverage, uh, the policy coverage. Mm-hmm. And so on the website, it, it advertises you know, plumbing system, we cover leaks and breaks of the water line, drain, gas, waste lines, uh, toilet wax seals, instant hot water dispenser. Like we cover all these things. It showed like 10 or 20 things it was covered. Like, wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. But then when you read the actual policy, it says, here's what's not covered. And they literally put not covered in all caps because mm-hmm. when you go to argue with them, they want to be able to show you, did you not read the all caps section, right, sir? Right. Now the actual what's not covered across the whole policy book is about nine pages because you have electrical systems, you have HVAC, you have appliances. Mm-hmm. This is just in plumbing. What's not covered is stoppages and clogs that can't be cleared by a cable or hydro jetting. That means that they're only going to send a contractor out who will do the basic minimum yeah, to, to clear out the line. To clear out the line through cable or hydro jetting is the easy stuff. That, that doesn't even cost that much if you bring your own plumber out. What they're saying is we don't cover the stuff that goes beyond that. Well, that's the expensive stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's the real risk you want to transfer. That's digging into the house and replacing a section of pipe. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, so what else do they not cover? Uh, they don't cover things that, uh, let's see, access to the drain or sewer lines or from vent or removal of water closets or toilets, the cost to locate the problem. One of the major costs of plumbing is the cost to locate it and figure out where the plumbing issue is. Diagnosis itself. They don't pay for that. They don't pay for access or install at the ground level clean out, not hose bibs. This is not covered. Hose bibs, fixtures, cartridges, bathtubs and showers or their associated faucet and drain mechanisms. I had a leak on my bathtub. I had to go fix it myself. And it really, it was simple. But they're saying that's the kind of stuff that typically comes up. They don't cover it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is another one in here. There's about 40 things in here that are not covered. So I'm trying to figure out. There's one other I thought was unbelievable. The rerouting of plumbing lines, holding or storage tanks, um, basket cleaners. There was one uh, I guess I guess one of the big things that just shocked me was the cost to locate because anytime you have a plumbing issue, that's one of the biggest costs, and they're not even going to pay for that. So this is where you think you're getting full coverage, but really they've eliminated all the primary things that typically go wrong mm-hmm. from their actual mm-hmm. coverage. Yeah. And that's why you end up paying anyway. That's why Leo ended up paying anyway. That's why I end up overpaying for the hot water heater. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, and, and you have to think of this warranty as more of a parts replacement, but they're only going to replace the minimum parts that they can. So they're not looking to replace in whole units. And when I think of a warranty, I think, hey, if something's wrong with this thing, I don't want to piece it together. I don't want to mm-hmm. fix a part that's continue to fail. I just want a new unit that's going to last me 10, 15 years. So when I'm buying a warranty, that's kind of what I'm thinking. If my AC goes completely all out, they're going to just replace it and I get a brand new unit that'll last me hopefully about 10 to 15 years. That's not what they think about. What they think is, okay, we're going to send a guy out. We're not going to pay him to diagnose the problem. You're going to have a upfront cost anyway of $75 or so. And then we're only going to replace whatever part needs to be replaced. So they'll pay for the $3 you know, relay and it's going to cost you two fifty to have the guy come out to replace a three dollar relay. So it's those kind of things you have right. to keep in mind. They're not there 
to provide you with something that's going to last you a long time. They're there to put a Band-Aid on whatever is wrong, and they're going to eliminate anything that might be costly, such as access, such as, you know, moving uh, lines, you know, rerouting something or yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, everything you mentioned, I mean, that's the real problem. That's where the real cost is. Yeah. Not in the part. I can go to Home Depot and get a new PVC line that's eight foot long for about six bucks. Right, right. But you know what it's going to take to replace that in, you know, underneath the slab of my house? Right. I've had, I literally had a quote for over $12,000 to fix two leaks underneath my bedroom Yeah. because it's the wall between the bedroom and the bathroom. $12,000. You know what cost the $12,000? It wasn't the pipe. Mm -mm. I could have bought all of it for less than $20. It was digging a hole all the way underneath the house, repairing it, and then packing it back in. Right. $12,000. And that's what's in the limitations. So, so, th so I went through the not covered, which is in all caps. Then there's the limitations below that. Same same section of plumbing, but this is what's limited. Um, we'll pay no more than 1000 for diagnosis, repair, or replacement of any covered plumbing system item. So they max out their costs at mm -hmm. 1000 Yeah. On top of that, it says, is not responsible for cost to access any covered item that is concrete encased or otherwise inaccessible. <laughs> yeah. Most of the plumbing in your house yeah, it's not accessible. <laughs> is not accessible. It's under the slab. Right. They're saying we don't cover that. So you think when you buy the policy, oh, I'm transferring the risk of a plumbing issue. When really, hmm. you're not actually transferring the risk. You're still taking on 90% of the risk. Sure. You're transferring 10 or 20% of the risk. If you were to pay like what I believe would be, I don't know the exact number would be, but I said you should save about 1% a year of your cash in for house replacement of these type of things. Mm -hmm. What that means is you would be actually paying them somewhere around 1% of the value of your home per year. If you wanted to have actual insurance, and most people aren't willing to pay that much for insurance, mm -hmm. and that's why they cut the prices really low, but then they don't cover 75 to 90% of the stuff that's going to yeah. go wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying that all of this is a ripoff. I'm not saying all these people are bad, but I'm saying you need to be very aware as a consumer before you buy a home warranty product because you think you're getting one thing, but what you're actually getting is something different. Yeah, it, become educated about it if you do choose to go that direction. The other thing I would say, don't think of it as a long-term solution to replacement uh, of items or things that might break down. This is why David and I have talked for years about having the proper savings in place. You know, first your emergency funds, which supplements your budget in case something happens that's outside of your ability to cover in your normal budget. But then you have the replacement, right? What we call midterm saving, the replacement cost uh, that you would have when you're replacing a car, when you're replacing appliances, when you're replacing an AC and heating unit in your home, which, listen, if you stay in your home long enough, I remember days when they used to last 30 years. Mm -hmm. When I replaced the one that I have in this house right now, the guy told me, he said, 15 years tops? And I thought, that's crazy, 15 years. This thing was six grand. And next time it'll be 8,000 right. every 10 to 15 years. And he came back to do a service check a while back and I had a little bit of small leak. And I said, well, what do you think is coming from? And he said, it's probably your coil upstairs. And I thought, well, it's only like eight years old. He's like, yeah, it'll probably go bad in a couple of years. I'm like, get out of my house. <laughs> like you installed this thing and you should have told me I wouldn't. But that's that's how it is. It's right. just part of life. You can't stop it from happening, but you can't prepare. So what we're trying to tell you is don't try to find a cheap way to do something that's not going to be done cheap for you. The replacement cost is just part of 
life and you have to prepare for it. Um, in, the, in the short term, if you have one of these policies, you could still use it. Maybe you can get some benefit out of it. You'll have to do some work and some negotiating, maybe even some yelling at this, at, you know, at the contractor or at the company to get something done. Uh, but I personally would rather not use my time or my resources that way. I'd rather just set the money aside, prepare for it. And maybe if I have to, I'll, I'll do it myself. And I, that's why I've become more of a self, you know, I, when I was younger and I bought my first house, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about plumbing, electricity, nothing. I learned over time because I didn't want to spend that kind of money maintaining my home. Any of us who have an interest or have, or have any kind of skills can learn how to do that or can have someone help us to do that. And that could save you a bunch of money down the road too. So, yeah, well, I, I hope this has been helpful for you as you consider looking at home warranties and whether or not it's right for you. If you get one uh, built into the cost of you know a new home purchase, that's great. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if you can negotiate out that extra $500 and save that money, I'd say keep, I'd say yeah. maintain that and keep that 500 bucks off to the side. A lot of times that would be hard to negotiate because realtors have just built these things in. Because they get a kickback for it. Because they get a kickback. Yeah, sure. and, and that's part of the major marketing that these home warranty companies do. Yeah, it's funny how they never really sell directly to you. It's always, yeah. you know what I mean? Most of the time it's it's done through, uh, through a, another company and another transaction that's already built in. That way they exactly. can maximize it. Exactly. They figure, oh, you're spending you know, over $100,000 on a house. Why not pay an extra $600 for this warranty or $800 or whatever it ends up being? So I hope it's helpful. Share this episode with a friend. Uh, a lot of people haven't thought about this, and it's really good data and information to have. Leo, where can people go to spend more time with you? Come over to leosabo.com. You can find some resources there uh, to help you to manage money better. So I hope you'll take advantage of those. And then stay tuned for a uh, course that David and I will launch later this year. We're running through uh, a beta course right now with the five families. And uh, I think what's going to come out is going to be very useful. So we hope that will serve you well in the future. But uh, continue to listen and continue to, to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, our desire is to continue to educate you and help you to be better at managing your money and reaching your financial goals. That's right. Big shout out to our friend Dan who raised this question originally and got Leo and I really excited to talk about it. Uh, we're so grateful to the five families that are going through the current course right now, letting us test out all the content and information and helping us learn and grow and make the content better. We're excited to share these courses with you as the year unfolds and as we're able to put them all into a really nice package. So continue to check out Getting Money Right and everything that we're doing here on the podcast. Also, feel free to stop over at stewardshippastors.com and see some of the tools and resources that we're providing to help churches to be better stewards and to help pastors educate their congregation on how to manage well. Uh, there's a lot of cool classes, tools, resources there. And there's the book, Jesus on Money. Uh, you can check it out. I'm writing it, and it is everything that Jesus said about money and stewardship and possessions and how we, how we become good managers. So I hope you'll check that out, and I hope that you'll join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. Become educated about it if you do choose to go that direction. The other thing I would say, don't think of it as a long-term solution to replacement uh, of items or things that might break down. This is why David and I have talked for years about having the proper savings in place. Mm -hmm.